name is Bryce. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from fear of man, pride, and low self-worth. And this past, oh, yeah. Thank you. Hey, it's good to see y'all. Um, uh, these past few weeks, if you've been with us, we've been talking through the 12 steps. We've been breaking them down so that y'all would know what it looks like, what, what region is all about. And what I want to reiterate is that it's not anything brand new. But what we've done is we've taken the scriptures and we've learned what it looks like to follow Jesus and we've wrapped it in 12 easy steps so that we can better understand it and we can better follow Christ unto freedom. And so that's what region is for. And the first week we talked about admit the first step, saying that you, are power, you admit that you are powerless against your sin. The second step is believe that we believe that God is capable of healing us and doing something about this sin. And this week we're gonna talk about step three. And step three is trust. And if there's one thing that's true about this step particularly is that is the most important thing you will ever do in your entire life. The two steps coming before step three, trust, lead up to it. And then everything that happens after step three refers back to it. You never quit doing this step and this step will change your life. And the thing about this is if you don't take this particular step, I'm afraid you will never find what you are really looking for when you come here to Region on Monday nights. And so in the first book, step three, um, it says that step three is trust. We decide to trust God with our lives and our wills by accepting his grace through Jesus Christ. Trust is the most important thing you will do in your time here at Region on Monday nights. If this is your first time, welcome. We're so excited that you're here. I know it can be difficult to walk into a room for the first time, especially when people call it a recovery ministry. And so welcome. This is a brave thing that you're doing. And if you've been here for some time, the most important thing you will do while you're here in Region is trust, step three, and then for the rest of your life. And here's why. The reality of the reason why step three is the most important is because we've all walked into this room with some particular thing that we want freedom from. A hurt, maybe something that you can't stop yourself from doing. Maybe it's pornography or a drug addiction. Um, maybe it's alcoholism. Maybe it's control or pride. And you're looking for healing and you're looking for freedom. Something that we all want and it's true. Loves you enough to tell you that if you think that you're gonna find freedom from getting rid of those things, those symptoms, pornography, you're severely mistaken because that is not your biggest concern, Regent. Those symptoms are not your biggest concern. You don't need freedom from bad habits, you need freedom from a sinful heart. And this is what I mean by sinful heart, if this is your first time hearing this is that a sinful heart is a heart that has rebelled against a holy and righteous God. You are not here by time plus chance plus matter. There is a holy, perfect, sovereign, and intelligent God who has created you and who's created you for a purpose because he loves you. And what a sinful heart has done, it has seen this God and said, no thanks. I can be a good enough God. I can be one for myself. And so we've turned away from him and we've rebelled against him. And so in doing so, that sinfulness that um, is in your heart, your soul, your mind, it causes you to run after these things that are not God's best for you, i.e. pornography, drugs, control, pride. 
It's misplaced worship. And this God being a just and holy God, a righteous one, because of his character, the sin that you have committed against him by rebelling against him is due a penalty of death. The scriptures tell us in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death. So there's a penalty against that holy God for the sin that is in your heart. And that penalty is death, and death is eternity away from God. Eternity in the outer darkness, we call this hell. And it is a just penalty against a just God. But here's where the trust comes in, because that can be pretty heavy, but we love you enough to tell you the truth. The truth is that in the midst of your sinfulness and rebellion against God, he has come and he has done something about it for you. You could never, we, we talked about in step one, you could, never, um, you could never overcome sin on your own. You are powerless against it. That's the first step. In Ephesians, four, or Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5 tells us this. This is what God has done, the good news. The reason why this building exists, the reason why region exists, this is the good news. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5, it says, but God, in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your rebellion against him, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love, not just a, you know, I guess I'll love you. Maybe your dad treated you that way. Maybe he kind of just gave you whatever you wanted because you needed it at the time, but he didn't really show you his love for you. This is not the God of the universe, the one who created you. The one who created you loves you with a great love. It says, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions. Now pause. This is what that means, dead in our transgressions. That everybody apart from Christ who is sinful, which is all of humanity, all of humankind, anyone who is apart from Christ, who is not trusted in him for salvation, to pay for the penalty of sin, are dead in their transgressions. That means your heart is spiritually dead. And I don't know if you, know if you understand this, but a dead heart cannot heal. A dead heart cannot move towards goodness, the scripture says. But even when we were dead in our transgressions, he loved us with a great love. And what did he do? By coming and paying for your sin and my sin on the cross, what did he do? He made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you have been saved. It is a free gift for you. It's a free gift for me. And when we take it and we believe it and we trust it, we can become made new. God doesn't just make your heart better. He doesn't just change your habits. He resurrects your heart from the dead. And that is good news. You can become made new. And so you may be asking, okay, Bryce, well, like, all right, yeah, I do believe that he is who he says he is. I do believe he died on the cross. Like, how do I do this whole trusting thing? And it's a good thing that God gave us his word because his word is a gift and instructs us towards righteousness. All things pertaining to salvation are in the word of God. And he tells us in this book of Romans, chapter 10, says this, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. What he's saying here is God came, Jesus Christ in the flesh, came down 
paid the penalty for your sin by dying the death that you deserved on the cross. And what he did to prove that he was God and to seal your salvation was resurrect from the dead, proving that he was who he said he was. So we can trust him. It's historically documented. And when you do that, when you believe that in your heart, and you confess it with your mouth, you become saved. That's what it looks like to put your trust in him, knowing that you are with no hope without God, in your sin, dead. But because of what he's done, he can make you alive. And only then, only at that moment, when you put your heart and your life in God's hands and you trust him with it because of what what he has done, you can find the freedom that you've been coming to region looking for. That's where it happens. It's not in the book. It's in Christ Jesus and his salvation for what he has accomplished on the cross for you. That is what trusting in Christ looks like. And so some of you tonight, if you believe this, please do not leave this room without praying and asking him, confessing it to him. Lord, I believe you. I believe you have paid for my sin and I need you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And some of you have done that. Some of you are here in this room. A lot of you actually have done that at some point in time in your life and you have prayed the prayer, you, you trusted Christ with your life and your salvation. And if you notice back in step three, when it talks about in the book, it says, we decide to trust God with our lives and our wills by accepting his grace through Jesus Christ. A lot of you have come and you've done that um, and you've trusted him with your salvation, you've trusted him with your life, but somewhere along the way, you're like, okay, well, why am I here in this room and I'm still struggling with all these sins and all these difficulties that I can't get rid of? Like, I can't do it on my, like, for some reason, nothing's working. And if you're anything like me, there was a point in time in my life, I struggled with pornography for a really long, for about five years after becoming a believer. And... There was a point in my time, a point in my life where I was like, is this all that it was? Like God just saved me when I was 17, a radical shift, a radical shift in the way that I thought, what I believed. And then now I'm just living this life trying to get by. It felt like God saved me and he just said, hey, good luck. See you in heaven. Did some of y'all feel that way about God and your relationship with him? That's how I felt. And for so, for, for so many of us, what ends up happening is we get, begin to follow him and then somewhere, somehow, we begin to believe that God saved us because we couldn't save ourselves from eternity apart from him. But then for some reason, we feel like we have to fight sin and overcome the power of it on our own. Like we believe that God can save us for eternity, but we gotta buckle down, white knuckle it, and just figure it out on our own, right? That's so many of our stories. And what I want to tell you is that he's not just saved you from the penalty. That's not what he just did when he came and he sacrificed himself on the cross and offers you salvation through faith and then resurrects your heart. That's not what he did only. He also is saving you from the power of sin in your everyday life. Galatians 3.3 says this, And this just points to this point. It says, are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, meaning you are saved from eternity away from God, your dead heart resurrected because of the Spirit and what God has done through the gospel. He's done that. 
That begins with the spirit. Only you can be saved by the gospel. And it says, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Why, when God, knowing you cannot overcome sin on your own, would tell you to overcome your sin on a daily basis? Listen, guys, it's trusting is not just trusting in God with your life, but it's trusting him with your will on an everyday basis. Because he loves you. His character is good. He does not leave you out to dry on your own. But he walks with you daily and he wants to save you now. The gospel has the power to resurrect your heart, but it also has the power to transform you. And the more we trust him and knowing that that's true, the more that we will become like him and we will fight against our sin. And you may be asking me, okay, Bryce, so what does that look like? How, does it, how do I begin to trust Jesus on a daily basis? Like you make it seem so easy. It's not easy. But what I will tell you is something that I do every day, it's I ask myself the question, what am I being satisfied with outside of God? Where am I looking in the world that's trying to satisfy this need that I should be going to Christ for, that I should be going to God for? And because when I go to the world and I don't believe and trust that he is that satisfaction in my life, I begin to run off into these things like pornography or gluttony or whatever it may be, the temptation runs to those things. And when I do that, and I find that, I find that area in my life, I see the area of my life, I ask the people around me, hey, what does it look like I'm desiring more than I desire God? I come to his people, right, first, and then I go to his word, and then I go to prayer, and I ask God to fulfill that desire, to fulfill that satisfaction that I need in him on a daily basis. And I just trust that, you know, even when I desire something that's contrary to God's will for mine, I just trust that it's better because I remember the life that I lived before Jesus. And I remember the destruction and the pain and the brokenness that it brought me and how I'm still dealing with and healing from those things today. So for today, I will trust that God's love and God's desire for me is better than, I'm, than my own. And so if you're going to walk out tonight, if you're going to go into your, into your step group or your groundwork and you were to ask yourself one question is, I would ask you to ask yourself this, what is it that I'm desiring outside of God's will for me? Where am I looking to the world to satisfy my heart when I know that I should be trusting God? I've heard it said once, um, and this really changed my life last year, a year ago. Um, he has saved you when you put your trust in him for eternity. He is saving you today. Do you believe that? He is saving you today and he will save you. And we, that is a good, good God that we have. And what I need you to know just lastly is that this process of trusting, when you trust in Christ, maybe it's tonight for the first time, or maybe it's today again for the hundredth time. Just know that it's a process. It's not perfection. This is a daily walk with Christ, trusting him on a daily because his will is good for you. And it's good for me. We call it regeneration. And regeneration is not just a single moment in time where you become perfect, you become like Christ. Most of us who've been following Jesus understand that that's not the case. And boy, have I been dealing with my own sin today. But 
We trust that God's will in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, when it tells us that God's will for you is to be sanctified, for you to become like him, I trust that that's true. And then we walk forward with him, accepting his grace, reminding ourselves of his goodness, and running to the Father. Because he has open arms and he's waiting for you. And tonight we're going to hear more about what that process of following Jesus looks like, what it looks like to trust him on a daily basis, even when things seem hard. Before that, we're going to hear from our friend, uh, well, Matt, I'm sorry, Matt is going to share his testimony about that. But before we hear from Matt, we're going to hear from Dan on what he's been learning in step three. So give it up for Dan as he comes up and shares with y'all.